L'ascension, l'ascension. Pardon. Tu vas arrêter. Ça s'appelle California Tuffy. Ah ouais. The Geraldine Fibers. On, on les peut les applaudir. Ah ah Welcome, everyone. This is another episode of That Record Got Me. Hi, I'm your host, Rob Elba. It's great having you all here with me. And we have a guest, a returning guest that a lot of you know. Regular listen, uh, listeners of the show will know him as our friend, our pal, Todd Nolan from Nashville, Tennessee. So let's welcome to the show, Todd Nolan. Hey, everybody. How y'all doing? <laughs> That's it, everybody. I mean, you know, if you listen to the show, you know Todd. He, he, he's our buddy from uh, Tennessee. The brother from another mother. Exactly. And it's great having you on again. And uh, so how's everything going, Todd? Everything is going good, man. Doing good. Enjoying the Nashville life, going to a lot of shows, getting out there. I know, man. I'll, I'll tell you, I think Todd goes to more shows than anyone I know, because I feel like almost every week you're at another show, which is great. It's fantastic. It's definitely fantastic. Fantastic. I enjoyed a lot. Of it. The only thing that sucks is like back in my record store days, I used to get in all the shows for free, but you know, whatever. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. it's your hobby. Everyone has to have a hobby. You spend money on your hobby. That's fine. There's nothing exactly. That. It could be worse. Than you. you could be uh, golfing or something, you know? Ugh, please, no. <laughs> I know, right? Th those days ended when I was about 16 years old. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, all right. So, Todd, I'm really excited for this record, which uh, beforehand I knew absolutely nothing about. I knew nothing. I'm embarrassed. Really? Uh, well, I'm embarrassed now to say that I knew nothing right. about this band. I, I knew nothing about this album. But tell me what we're talking about. We are doing Geraldine Fibber's second album, their last album, Butch. Yeah. Now, <laughs> and, and I just, Todd, I mean, from the, from the minute I started listening to this, I'm like, Oh my God, yeah. this is a great fucking record. And then I don't know if I could get mad at myself. Like, why don't I know about it? Why didn't people tell me about this before? And I, who knows? Maybe they did and I didn't listen. I don't know. It's a fucking barn burner, man. It's fucking intense. It's it's so good. All right. So what? tell us a little bit about the Geraldine Fibbers. And like, how? Did, I'm curious when you got into them. Because you, Todd, for those of you who know, you may think, Todd, he, he lives in... Uh, he, he lives in... Na well, you don't live, you don't, do you live in Nashville or you live like outside of Nashville? No, I'm like 20 minutes outside of in a like area called Brentwood, which is like the Richie sort of area. But I live on the edge of that, so I'm like kind of in the middle of nowhere. Edge of Brentwood. That's you really should. Yeah, you really should write a song. Yeah. Edge of Brentwood, like living on the edge of Brentwood or something. Get on that topic. <laughs> um, yeah. So, but you were never like when I knew you when you were younger. You weren't into yeah. uh, country or alt country or a lot of stuff like that. But it's funny you ended up in, in, in like a perfect place for you because you like love. I mean, I know you still love all different kinds of music, but you really love yeah. this, you know, the wide genre of country music. Well, on our last one that we did, we did Johnny 
Cash, which, you know, for me, that was the epitome of country music at that time. Right. You know, and obviously it went down many different roads, exported a whole bunch of different stuff. And, you know, I don't think I really like traditional pop country. I don't really get into that right, stuff. Right, right, right. But I mean, things like this, I mean, this, I mean, the Geraldine Fibbers, they're a punk band, but they are also a country band. Yeah, I mean, I guess maybe more the album before this, the first one, which I only got to listen to For a sure. little of. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. But yeah, you, all country, you really, that's a really broad stroke because that barely scratches the surface of what they can sound like, right? Because even through throughout this record, I swear, it, I taught it various times for me. I hear like a weird amalgamation of like uh, Radiohead and Wilco and uh, Butthole oh, yeah. Surfers and uh, Jesus For Lizard sure. and Cum and, and just like all these different bands that I hear that, that you know, that it's great. Well, yeah, and, and Carla, her band before this, which was Ethel Me Plow, um, they started back in uh, like 94. They only had one album that came out, and that's kind of when I got turned on to them. That's when I got turned on to Carla. Oh, okay, okay. She had one album called um, Happy Days Sweetheart, and it was definitely more punky industrial bands. You right. know, and it, but it had it had double vocals, it had her and the vocals of John Napier. Um, but it was always Carla that kind of drew me in. You know, it was her husky voice, it was her storytelling. You know, they had songs like Queenie, Ripe and Peach. You know, it was super soulful, super seductive. Definitely, definitely more on the like I said, the industrial dance side. You know, but those same elements of like sex and, um, you know, burlesque and all these sexuality things, they would resonate all throughout the album. And it definitely it pulled me in quickly. Well, I could picture. Yeah, I sort of remember hearing about them, about Ethel Meat Plow in the 90s. Yeah, we went to go see them in uh, um, 93. They played the Cameo Theater down in Miami. Um, They're opening. Yeah, they're opening up for Front 242 of all things. Oh, wow. But, uh, you know, you know, the cameo, I know you've been there a billion times, you know, the, their shows never start on time. They're always super late. Right. You know, so we got there late, hoping that we would, you know, see the full set of Ethel Meepaw, but we only got there during the, like the last couple songs. But uh, it was amazing. I mean, yeah. she was this formidable force on stage. You know, she was just, she commanded the audience, you know, and I felt like we would be let down after that. So even after only seeing two songs, we left, you know, I didn't right. care to see front two, four, two. <laughs> no, of course not. You know, and uh, it's kind of, it's kind of funny, actually. We, we, we went outside, Carrie and I, and uh, we ran into uh, Paige from the Livid Kittens. Um, and uh, she had just gotten there. Oh, and uh, we were, you know, I'm like, oh, you missed it all, man. You missed it. Right. I mean, we only saw two songs, but those two songs were fucking fantastic. Oh, no. You know, and she's like, <laughs> she's like, fuck that. I don't want to see Front 242. So she's like, I'm going to sell my tickets. And she sold her tickets. And uh, it turned out she sold her tickets to uh, Madonna and Anthony Kiedis of the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Are you serious? Yeah, she had no idea. And I'm like, how did you sell your tickets to Madonna and Anthony Kiedis? She's like, was that them? I go, yeah, that was fucking them. What a Miami, what an early 90s Miami thing to happen. You know, South Beach. Oh, yeah, thing the, the two of them, for sure, for sure. <laughs> that's so funny. Oh, that's great. But uh, but I, I never got to see Geraldine Febbers, though. I mean, I really wish I had. We had, we had bought tickets uh, to go to the Sapphire Supper Club up in Orlando. And... Um, Right before the show, we found out that she had laryngitis and that they had to cancel the show. Oh, 
That sucks. Yeah. And do you have all right? So this, um, so you picked the second album, which has the ringer. I mean, it has a ringer on it. In in who? Who's the musician uh, on here? The guitar player on here. Well, that'd be fucking Nels Klein, right? The exactly. wizard, the wizard himself. <laughs> exactly. So, but do you have a, so? Do you have any idea why they just did the two out? Why this, this album and this was it for them? I mean, what did she go? She still. I know she's still making music, and she went on to other. Yeah, things, no, no, she's no. Great. She's, she does all kinds of stuff that she does. You know, um, they had that first album. It was uh, Lost Somewhere Between the Earth and My Home. You know, and they definitely explored more of those alt country um, sounds. You know, with songs like Lily Bell, Marmalade, you know, it was beautiful. It was great. It was raw. Right. It was awesome. In the dark, she is rocking, not to records, but to voices in her hand. Lily Bell, Lily Bell, Lily Bell, hot as hell, 3 a.m. And it feels just like high noon in her Also had those themes of um, abuse and drugs, identity, you know, and it had a basically the same lineup as the second album, except it had a different guitarist. There was uh, Daniel Keenan on guitar, but apparently he got tendonitis and had to quit the band, and then uh, Nels filled in. I think it kind of came from around the same time Carla was uh, she was a guest vocalist on Mike Watts' uh, solo album, uh, Ball Hog or Tugboat. Oh, right, right. Now this Petra dude had the attitude, but the 70s had him spaced up in Hollywood. Maybe then he could find a reason for his base. Turned his Volkswagen a spiel wagon, Hong Kong Cafe New Year show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She sang a couple songs on there. Like there was a million different guests on it. It was, it was fantastic. It was awesome. Um, and I actually got to see uh, Nels for the first time um, with uh, the Contemplating the Engine Room album for Mike Watt. They played a uh, Ray's Downtown Blues in West Palm Beach. Oh, nice. It was like tw- there was like twenty people in the room, dude. It was like, right. but I was mesmerized. I mean, I love Mike Watt. I'm a huge Mike Watt fan. But I mean, seeing Nels do what Nels does right. is just—it's another world. He is a wizard. You know? He is a wizard, he's there. And, and he's all over this record. And uh, it's just—it's just great. Like I said, how many different all the places they go on there. But it, it all comes down to her. Her uh, just like you said, storytelling. And her voice. And by the way, say her last name because I'm afraid I'm going to butcher it. Do you, do you know how to say her last name? Bozilich. Bozilich. Just rolls out of your tongue. That's great. All right. Bozilich. <laughs> and you got Nels Klein. You also got Kevin Fitzgerald on drums. Great rhythm section. You got William yep. Sutton on bass. And Stand up bass. Upright bass. Yep. And you got Jesse Green on uh, viola, violin, and uh, great. All throughout the yeah. record, but all different she's, types of... She uh, actually even worked with Wilco. She's worked with Wilco. She's worked with Foo Fighters, oh, okay. Joseph Arthur, the Jayhawks. Yeah. She plays violin. She's one of those uh, fill-in violin players all over the place. Okay, okay. Um, yeah, but it's just... So like I said, so maybe... And, and I think from reading about it, I, I know the first album got really good reviews, but it, it didn't necessarily do that good. And maybe they thought... Maybe the label thought this would either be a make it or break it. And I guess... I mean, to me, this album is unbelievable. It's fantastic. But I could also see it being not necessarily a breakout album for anyone just because it's so, you know, raw and weird and goes to all these different places. 
Well, yeah, they were they were on Virgin Records, and uh, Virgin Records just didn't know how to market them. They didn't, you know, exactly know what they were. Right. They weren't a total all-country all band. They weren't a punk band. You know, they were something different, you know. And then this album, compared to the first album, there's actually a quote that um, um, in an interview with Billboard, uh, Carla said, I think people were wondering if maybe on our second album we would kind of figure it out maybe, but it's definitely gotten more severe uh, the diversity we're exploring is way more severe now. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, but but that's great. I mean, for me, it's just great because you never get bored. Uh, we should get into it because there's a lot of songs on it. The one, it, yeah. it, it has, still has the one thing that might be, we didn't say it was released in uh, July 1997. And my beef with a lot of uh, uh, albums that came out then on CD was that maybe they had too many songs. Like just the, because yeah. they, all of a sudden they had more room so they could put more songs and maybe it, there could be like two or three less songs and and i still kind of stand by that but the whole album is really great and I, you know but uh that's just my own uh, personal thing i feel like 14 songs is just too much unless you're saying a a double album like this is a double album <laughs> but for a single album it feels like too much for me yeah well and at least there's none of like the nels klein singer songs that go on for like 14 minutes yeah yeah no mostly yeah there's 14 songs but mostly like you're you know really short to the point songs and it starts yeah. out with a ringer i would say it starts out with a ringer because it starts out with a near perfect song like to me this first oh, yeah. song is like a perfect song and it sets you up great for the rest of the record because it's also because it's got a little bit of everything right right at the right in this one song of, of what they're going to be and it was a single that was released it was a single that was released oh, okay. The album as well. okay nice uh, so good. All right, let's and their only video. Oh, okay, nice. All right, let's listen to the opening track, California Tuffy. A ball of light comes down to bite me on the ass. The legs, the breasts, I'm falling from my nest. My earth, my pride, I laugh. It draws you in, doesn't it? Yeah, so it awesome. does. That's the thing. And it's amazing, you know, right away you get her amazing voice in like all yeah. its uh, colors. And it's like, this is one of those things, if you love this song, which you should, I can't imagine someone not loving it, but you're going to love this whole album if you love this song. Yeah. California Tuffy, man. That's her. She is the California Tuffy. Right, 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 right. You know, she was born in San Pedro, left the house at the age of 13. She was hanging out with Minutemen, dealing with heroin addiction, prostitution, you know, it's just a rough life for her, you know, but, you know, in the end, she was stronger for it. And that's kind of what the song is about. Yeah. Yeah. And and I have a feeling like, yeah, most of the, al uh, um, most of the lyrics on the album 
are very, you could tell there a lot of them are personal to her and her life, but me not really knowing anything about her life doing, you could sort of, I, I could sort of get all that in there though, that she's, you know, lit. she already by this time had lived some life and like gotten through it. And that's what she's singing about, but uh, it's really great. Yeah. She's such a poet too. I mean, I love her lines. I love her, I love the stuff she writes, you know, old palm trees sway in the breeze, lick my lips. I'll forever be alone. You'll never get my heart. I mean, that's great. Yeah, it is. It is. You know, that's her in California. That's her in California in San Pedro. Right, 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 right. Uh, yeah, you could just pick out any. Yeah, there's there's so many uh, uh, <laughs> lyrics. Did you see that? You did you see out. the video for this song? I did not see the video. I should. I got to watch it. It's pretty funny. It's her like lip syncing with a little uh, like a cat puppet. And like the band is setting furniture on fire, setting all their instruments on fire, oh, nice. running around. It, it's chaotic. It's great. Right, right. Yeah. So you uh, so you got that, like I said, right from the right from the jump, you're you're on board. And I'm already I'm like, oh, my God, I'm how in. do I not know about this band? And now, and now things get hard. Things get hard quickly <laughs> with the second track. Uh, let's listen to Toy Box. Heavy shit. I love. I love just for one lousy minute. She felt like a queen. Um, <laughs> yeah. And there's some. There's some lyrics. There's some raw lyrics. I'm not going to read the first couple of verses. I mean, you could read them if you want, but I'm not going to read. Them. Well, there's a there's a great great quote about this song. Um, she goes, "I don't associate our music with pain. I associate it with a really intense desire to communicate something real. I think there's a lot of dark humor in our music that people tend to gloss over or skip altogether." There's a line in the song Toy Box that says, I fucked my first fruit today. Lousy lay. I think it's pretty funny. Oh, yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There's uh, you could definitely tell she's uh, you could definitely tell she's really smart. Uh, you know, great, yeah. uh, great use of words to like paint a picture, tell a story. But yeah, yeah there, there's a lot of uh, there's a lot going on. That's that's, you know, obviously a tongue in cheek or over the top on on purpose, uh, on purpose over the top. Yeah. I mean, she's definitely exploring her sexuality in this song, even if it kind of like kind of hints towards like an incestuous relationship with her dad, which is kind of creepy, but it, yeah, right. Yeah. There was some, I mean, I don't some, know if that happened or not. I mean, that's just the the character in the story. Hope, well, least. there's a couple other parts in the record that I'm thinking uh, that I'm not sure exactly what you're thinking about, uh, but it does not sound good. Yeah, it's definitely, <laughs> definitely filled with struggle. Yeah. Right, right, right. 
All right. So uh, like I was just saying, much of her lyrics are like hard to uh, decipher poetry, but they pack a wallop and, and they just make you they stop do. and go, damn. And that uh, that is definitely evident on this next song. I killed the cuckoo. Yeah, I was just thinking if if the record if they were trying to sell them as an alt uh, a country band and with songs like this, then yeah, they were barking up the wrong tree. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> um, so were you were you a fan like you 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 saw them? So did you have the first album too? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I did. you did. So you, you know, were like, a fan. Like I said, I was like I said, I was a fan from Ethel Meek Plow Days, and then got the next album. I got this album. Got the singles. I got you know Scarnella. I got the, um, she did a, uh, an album where she redid Willie Nelson's Redheaded Stranger album, which is great as well. It even includes Willie Nelson on the album. Fucking awesome. Oh, nice. Um, yeah, and there's just the songs, they add some, they add these like little uh, noisy parts in there. And then, oh, yeah. and then we haven't even gotten to just the fact, uh, well, we'll get to it, but there are some songs that I didn't realize. I thought, oh, that must be one of the other guys singing or someone else is singing. And I didn't realize that it's all her, that she just, it's she's, always her. yeah, she's amazing. And it, and she even sort of plays in that it's coming up where she plays about having more than one personality. Oh, yeah. You know? Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which, I mean, it's, it's so, like, this song, it's so erratic and dizzy, you know, feeling when you're listening to it. You know, I, when I when I first heard the song, it kind of reminded me of like listening to like a, like an X-ray spec song. You know, it kind of had oh, that, right, like, right, that right. tinny the tinny guitar. You know, the aggressive vocals. Yeah, you know, and and it's choppy, just, really choppy. Sexuality. You yep. know, it's just raw and, and and awesome. I love it. Take your pill and wash it down with perfume. I'm in bed ready to be. You know, she's she's looking for that salvation in the song. You know, she's dealing with you know problems of you know, prostitution as a teen, sexuality, all this stuff. You know, and she's just. She's looking for answers. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, like I said, it just makes you stop and go, damn. Yeah, <laughs> I, totally. I mean, I listen to stuff like this and I think, man, I really have led a sheltered life, you know? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, that's okay. You know, that's okay. We all have our own struggles, bro. We all have our own struggles, <laughs> yes. And we could live, uh, by some things it's better to live vicariously through others. Uh, I am yeah. a firm believer in that. All right. So this next one, uh, great. Now we finally change gears a little. More of like a, yeah, totally. really nice song though. Trashman in first.
song, I kept coming back to this song, and it really uh, touched me. This song touched me. It's my favorite song on the album. Yeah, I think it might be mine, too. All right, so, Todd, what do you, I mean, I think it's kind of obvious what she's singing about, but what do you think she's singing about? Well, I definitely know what she's singing about, because she's talked about it in interviews before. Oh, she's okay. singing about well, go ahead, tell her. Me. She's singing about her late friend, Jim Riva, uh, who died of AIDS. Um, he was the the go-go dancer in Ethel Meatplow. He oh. would uh, wear these like jock straps. He would attach like uh, thrift store wigs to the front of them, give himself fake black eyes. You know, he was kind of a chunky guy. He would just dance on stage, you know, and, and he unfortunately died of AIDS, you know, and he was this artist that would, uh, you know, create stuff out of junk. And he was also a jewelry maker, you know, and such a good friend to Carla. You know, and to her, you know, he was the epitome of what Ethel Meatplow was all about, you know, an obsession with sex, but, you know, a great sense of humor right. and, uh, you know, never really caring about what other people thought, you know, very DIY, very punk rock, you know, um, you know, in the name of the band, I mean, in the name of the song, uh, Trash Man and Furs, you know, he was the trash man. He was the guy that would take garbage and make it into something. And um, in Furs was uh, a reference to the Velvet Underground, uh, Venus and Furs. Shiny, shiny. Shiny boots of leather With flash girl child in the dark Comes in bells Your servant don't forsake I was kind of hoping th- that it was. It I was, was yeah, yeah, yeah. It was. That's great. It, it was one of their favorite songs, and they would sit around listening to that and enjoyed listening to Velvet Underground together. Right. Oh, that, that's know, great, because that's, yeah, that's what I got. I got that it was a, a, a visit to a friend that's dying, like a final visit. But yeah, this really, because it's like the one, it's like she's singing about the friends, you know, so much to tell you. I race through the sky to whisper a message into your morphine drip. But the part in the song where the friend responds, like the response from the friend where he says, I'm riding to a place with no pain, no tears, no art, no ears, no cars, no reason for you to cry for me. That's like, ah, uh, that gutted me. Well, some of the lyrics apparently were from him. You know, these are things that he was saying when he was on the morphine. Could, yeah, drip. and I could picture. And a she friend, took that and, yeah. and brought it into the song to make it more real, to make it, you know. Oh, it's this, so real because is, that's something that a friend would tell you, you know, uh, don't cry to me. I'm going, you know, I'm going where there's not going to be any pain and none of this bullshit anymore. And don't cry for me. And oh, my God, it's so beautiful. Carla was quoted as saying about the song. She goes, I consider it to be a departure from a regular sound. Basically, I wrote it from the perspective of what I thought Jim might like. I tried to make it not be too sad. I tried to make it about some of the things that he said when he was dying, uh, some of which are sad, but some of which are a little upbeat and a song that's about someone who's dying. And and she asked Nils to play the guitar solo a certain way because she thought Jim would like that. And she tried to put a little bit of him across through the song. Oh, I, I was going to mention that because I right right after that thing that the that uh, it's the friend saying you know no reason to cry for me. Nels comes in yeah. with this like anguished yeah. guitar solo that oh my god he's so good and at. And it's like, a solo that she thought her friend would love, oh, and that's so you know, great. yeah, he wasn't there to enjoy it. Uh, unfortunately, yeah, um, so sad. It is sad, but beautiful. Uh, it is beautiful. Like I said, it's my favorite song on the album. You know, it's it's touching. You know, I, I'll probably never figure out what the blue and the orange time is, but, you know, that's... Oh, right, right. There has, be, there has to be some mysteries. I don't know if the pills are blue and orange. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know, but I feel like everything, you know, everything's going to have a meaning to her, but that's fine. It's not necessarily for us to decipher, you know, every little thing. Um, exactly. Yeah, so the next one, Swim Back to Me, it's got a vaguely... Uh, it, it, there's a couple of songs on here that remind me specifically of a band. I'll mention it after we listen to it, but let's listen to Swim Back to Me. Won't you look inside and see what's inside a girl like me? Rivers of blood pour from my eyes. You 
Guitars with the guitars, and uh, there's. I feel. Uh, I feel like a kinship with uh, Tom Verlaine, Richard Lloyd. The way the guitars sort of weave in and out of the song, and there's another song also where I feel like there's a television reference. But uh, again, just like yeah. a really nice change of change of pace from the beginning of the record. Yeah, it, to me, it seems like a um, like almost a nod to Billie Holiday's "Strange Fruit." You know, she has those lines: "Check out all the peaches waving from the shore." Another taste of honey, a killer to ignore. Ah, uh, okay, okay. You know, and then they got Billy Holiday singing "Southern Fruit Bears," you know, "Southern Trees Bear Strange Fruit," "Blood on the Leaves" and "Blood on the Root." Ah, you know, okay, all right. They both That's have good. that. That's good. They both have that sadness, you know, that longing, you know, taking a painful story and and kind of expressing it like in this tender fashion. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's the thing with this song. I wasn't sure whether she was just trying to write like a straight up love type song, but then I'm really, yeah. then I'm saying no, not exactly. It seems like a jilted relationship sort of song. Right, right, right. Which is probably the only relationship type song she's going to write. Of course, Billie Holiday's is way darker in this, in this one instance. You yes, know, hers yes, is yes. about <laughs> a lynching and such. All right. All right. So this next one here, oh, I, I love this next one. Someone's tr- yeah. trying to fuck with her or uh, fuck with the relationship <laughs> she's in. And yeah, she is not having it. Let's, we'll talk about it. Let's listen to yeah. seven or in 10. Talk to me a little more. Talk to me with those lips, pretty pink. Make me sink into your eyes. Tell me another lie. I love those words. I've got a little trick for you. I can split in two or in seven or in 10 little friends on which I can depend. Oh, man. That's so good. Yeah. I went down a bit of a wormhole on this song. Yeah. Well, it seems like you like kind of want to know what happened. Like what was going on that prompted this? Well, it's definitely like this abuse survivor revenge song. Yeah. For sure. You know, and, it, and um, I read online that it, um, someone compared the song to Fleetwood Mac's You Can Go Your Own Way. You know how they both. <laughs> 
Believe it or not. No, yeah, um, yeah. You know, they, they both they both start off kind of gentle and sweet, and then kind of build intensity with Lindsey Buckingham getting his guitars a little more, you know, intense as it goes along. You know, and Nell's the same thing. It just starts to get more and more intense. Yes. You know, as the story kind of goes on, um, and then I found out that um, when Lindsey Buckingham was writing "You Go, You Can Go Your Own Way," he was influenced by the Rolling Stones' "Street Fighting Man," which oh, okay. in ter- which in turn was originally called "Did Everyone Pay Their Dues." And it was originally about spousal abuse, so it kind of brings us back full circle to the Geraldine Fibbers, which is oh, kind of wow, weird. look at that. You really you really did go you know, down a deep hole, Todd. <laughs> you know, and I, 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 I fucking love the ending of the song. You know, she's got that one line, she, you know, you, know, um, you should have killed me when you had the chance. She keeps repeating all throughout. Yes, yes. And then at the very end, she just goes, you should have killed me. You know, it's just like, it's basically her, you better run, fucker. I'm coming exactly. for you. Oh, exactly. Yeah, it's scary. It's like, I'd be scared. If I was. she was saying that to me, I'd be fucking scared. You know, whether it's seven or in ten, and they're all coming after you. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> so good. Yeah, it's so good. Um, all right, now we get a little respite. We get an instrumental, a nice, sleepy little instrumental. That this is this is this song's interesting because I kept thinking that it's got like Nels playing this slide. Really, he does a lot of great like lazy slide on this album. Yeah, uh-huh. And I kept thinking she was going to come in. They were she was going to come in and sing something, but she never does. But it feels like it's like it's going to happen, and it never does. It's just a nice little. But there are vocals uh, attributed on the the liner notes. Are there really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I can okay. tell you about it after you play the clip. It's let's, kind of interesting. Listen, Claudine. So the album says that the vocals are done by the Spider Sabich Memorial Choir. Um, so the, and the, the, the song title is Claudine, and it's about Claudine Langette. She was an um, actress, singer, and ex-wife to Andy Williams, and she fatally shot her boyfriend. Um, he was an Olympic skier named Spider Sabich in 1976. Oh. And apparently because of a, they were in their Aspen home when she shot him, and because of a mishandling of evidence, um, she was only charged with uh, negligent homicide. And she just had to pay a fine, and she got out in um, 30 days in jail, which was served on weekends. Whoa. And she, ironically, she went on to marry her defense attorney, <laughs> and she's still living in Aspen. Wow. Free of charge. <laughs> that sounds, I hope they've made a, a TV movie you know, out of that. <laughs> so this is kind of, I guess, the spider Sabich memorial, kind of like singing out to say, fuck you, Claudine, you uh, got away right. with murder. You got away, oh yeah, you fucking you did know. get away with murder. That's the great. Stones, <laughs> the Stones did a song called Claudine as well. Um, about the case and such, but um, they didn't release it until 2011 because they were afraid they were going to get sued by her. Ah, that's funny. Yeah. I vaguely, that all sounds familiar. They, Stones all sounds, they don't want to get hit. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. That all sounds um, familiar. It all sounds vaguely uh, familiar. So. Yeah, I didn't remember that story at all. I don't you know, but. I'm a little older it, than you, so. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I would have been seven. 
I can handle murder at seven. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. So, um, all right. So this next, this is another one. That, which, by the way, let me just confirm: this is her singing yes. folks like me, right? I know. Oh, yeah. I, I was swearing. I was. It's like, God, why aren't they telling you who's telling me who's singing that? Because I just swore it wasn't. Oh, and it's such. I really like this. Is uh, this is another favorite of mine? Uh, there's just a lot I like about this. Let's listen to it first, folks like me. Don't cry when I say. want to remain what I've become But I feel your little hands are trembling Cause you know the love we've shared is nearly done And I'm going back to the place where folks like me are from Yeah, so definitely a little uh, tongue in cheek as far as the the music musically. I feel like it's definitely yeah. like a tongue tongue in cheek delivery. But the whole I love the premise. You know, I'm going back to the place where f- folks like me are from. But I love it because I feel like she's leaving. She's telling a story, but they're leaving. She's leaving a big chunk of it out. Like why? Yeah. What happened? Why can't she stay? Why does she have to go back where she where folks like her are from? Well, you know, what I was I never really thought about the lyrics of this one until like, we kind of delved into research for the album. Right. And I kept reading this, and I'm like, you know, like you know, it just seems it's it's their first fully you know outright country song on the album right you know and it, it has like those lyrics you know like i'm a trusted servant a noble scientist and i always thought that was weird but i never really thought about it too much you know and i got this theory that um the the, the leader the, the the song is about this alien who comes down to earth falls in love with this woman you know and then realizes that at a certain point that you know he can't be experimenting upon humans. That the aliens are coming for him. That he's got to get out of there, and then he has to break up the relationship with her. Ah, you know, okay. <laughs> you know, he's disguised. You know, when he talk when, in the song, it talks about her. He has to go back to his old face. You know, right? You know, right. it's disguised as a human. He just didn't expect to land on this planet, fall in love with one of the you know the the prospects, and and uh, you know. Ah, well, that's much more interesting than I did because I thought it could be like maybe she had a uh, like a, a a Jewish boyfriend or something. You know. <laughs> You had to go back to New York. <laughs> could be, could be. <laughs> <laughs> Which is almost, for some people, it's almost the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. It could be. Yeah, alien. <laughs> I like yours. Yeah, no, yours is good, though. I like it. It, it, uh, it, it. Yours tracks much better for you. All right. So now we get more uh, traditional sounding uh, country ditty with fiddles. Like they're, they're using fiddle. I, more appellation. Yeah. I, I, I love the fact that they use uh, the violas and the violins for all different moods and ways on this record. Yeah. Like, I, Carla had, um, when she hired Jesse to be in the band, um, you know, she had her playing in all these different ways she wasn't accustomed to. She's like, but this is, you know, 
the violin was such an important part of her vision for the band that, you know, she needed it. And so right. she kind of directed Jesse throughout the album. Ah, uh, okay, okay. Interesting, interesting. All right, let's listen to a little bit of Pet Angel. The moon is so full and Al winks just once. You offered to dance with me. You cradle my body in safety and warmth and a sweet wind blows through the trees. Step to a one and a two and a three Step to a four, five and six Spin your little girl three times on her love And your lover picks up sticks To you, to you, your love sticks to you Like you wish for a million times I think there's probably cello, some cello on there too, and William Tutton is is credited with cello as yeah, well. So yeah, definitely, yeah, it's cool. It's got that uh, it's got that cool like waltz sort of sound to it, you know. Oh yeah, you could yeah. almost you could almost do a square dance to this song. <laughs> yes, but it's I mean it's and in, in, in her traditional style, you know, it starts off super sweet and then just like turns to murder. Oh you know, yeah, right. Oh well, yeah. You could sort of. I knew right from the start. I said, okay, this is this is going to end up not going uh, not going well. Now, uh, so Todd, you never got a chance to see the Geraldine Fibbers, but did you ever after that the two Ethel Meatblow songs? Did you ever get to see? No, I never seen her in any other rendition. I know I thought eventually I would, but yeah, yeah. especially being unfortunately in not. Huh. All right, well, I know, I'm going to go on record. Yeah. If they decide to do a reunion. Uh, Geraldine Fibbers and like play like Butch, you know, the whole album, like you know, how bands do that. At the Ryman. I'm there. I'm there. I'm going to fly up there and I'll be there. <laughs> that you, would be amazing, man. That would be amazing. Would that be, I would go, I would uh, meet you up there. That would that. be a show to see. I mean, like, like I got to see uh, um, Ween do their country album at the Ryman. They, oh, nice. They, had all, nice. they, they got all the, the session players back, you know, from the album and all these old guys on stage and they played that and it was fucking awesome. Great. All right. Know? Well, me and Todd are putting it out there. If you're listening, you will, you'll sell at least two or three tickets. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> So this song, does it kind of remind you of like a um, Nick Cave, like murder ballad song? It oh, kind yeah. of has like that. For sure. It has a, like Knoxville Girl. You ever heard Knoxville Girl before? It's an awesome song. Oh, okay. All right. So now we get the uh, a title track, uh, Butch, which is a really cool, it's really slow burn opener, which I'm going to, for now, I'll, I'll probably play it at the beginning underneath, but I'll start about a minute in. It's also the second one written by uh, uh, Nels. He wrote that seven or, uh, or seven or in 10 out song. And then he wrote this one as well. Oh, okay, okay. Well, well co-wrote. The co-wrote. co-wrote, the music, yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. The lyrics are his. All right, it's good. Definitely. Yeah, it's great, though. Let's listen to Butch.
Broken, like sadly broken. It's another color yeah. to her voice in this one, the way she's singing. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's super sad, super syrupy. You know, it's I got that, you know, that story of someone, you know, going, making themselves up, going out, and then coming back a total mess, yeah. makeup streaming down your <laughs> oh, face. Yeah, the There's you nothing know, sadder than a poor just, girl with her mascara running down her face. It's in so this sad. case, I think it's a boy, but yeah. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. Uh, great. Uh, the violin, uh, guitar sort of intermesh in the break. About two thirds in, uh, which I'm going to play yeah. a little of that underneath, and then Todd at the end. You won't hear it now, but I'm going to put it in there. Nels, yeah. I feel Nels is doing a Tom Verlaine television callback nod because he doing uh, Marky Moon, Moon like a thing Tom Verlaine does in Marky Moon, like the same thing. I'm going to play them both yeah. back to back, and it's like, cool. and, and I just got to feel he did it on purpose, or at least when he did it, he said, "Oh yeah, okay, that's Tom," because he, of course, he's got to be a fan. Carla was always afraid that Nels would be too good for her band. You know, she's like, seriously, I mean, she's like, I she's can like, see your that. Guitar, I can see that. Your guitar playing is too good, and I don't want you to take away from what we do. You know, I just want your music to kind of like, you know, fill the space and kind of like hit you in the gut and you know make you feel things. And right. that's what, you know, he really does that. That's great. Well, yeah, she was wrong because he's fine. She, you know, it's uh, anyone, you know, she deserves she deserves someone that could uh, to play her songs for sure. Oh yeah, yeah. for sure. When he joined Wilco, I mean, like, it took it to a whole new level as well for me. Yeah, I know. It's funny, Rat. Uh, if you talk to Rat, he'll say, that's uh, the only good thing about Wilco is Nels. <laughs> yeah, I think Rat went to the Wilco show, too, down in Miami. And he, after the show, he was like, he's like, eh, it was horrible, but uh, uh, that Nels guy's pretty good. Yeah, he said, oh, I just uh, I just stand there and watch Nels the whole time. He's the only thing yeah. worth looking at, which Rat may well, have a point. but Hey, I always stand on Nels' side when they play. I'm like, I know right. he's going to be on the left side. So that's where I'm going to fucking stand so I can watch him play. Okay. Even when, um, we, when Jasper got to see uh, Wilco for the first time, I'm like, we're getting tickets on Nell's side. <laughs> okay, good. Well, maybe one day you and Rat could see it together on uh, Nell's side. On Nell's side. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So now we got some more mournful uh, violin. violins. I'm not, this is another one. Uh, arrow, arrow to my drunken eye. I'm not really sure exactly what it's about, but it, it's not anything good. Uh, <laughs> let's listen.
this is he- this song's heavy. There's some heavy shit going on. Uh, that the lines don't be caught with your nighty must, and if you're a question, don't tell them. Don't tell them what we've discussed. I mean, uh, there's there's some heavy yeah. shit going on. It is it's dark. Yeah, and this one was co-written by the violin player Jesse Green, obviously because of all the orchestrations and whatnot. Yeah, you know, kind of kind of reminds me of like a Rasputina song, but I guess anything with a cello in it kind of reminds you of a oh, Rasputina okay. song. Yeah, yeah, sure. You know, they sure. had that. Um, their first album actually came out a year before Butch. Um, called Thanks for the Ether, and it kind of reminds me of the uh, Transylvania Concubine or the song uh, Howard Hughes. And it also kind of um, reminds me a little bit of uh, PJ Harvey. Uh, she did that um, remake of her song Man Size, and it's called Man Size Sextet. I'm coming up, man size. And it kind of like puts all the orchestrations in there, you know, kind of takes a rock song and kind of reinvents it with all these classical um, instrumentations throughout it. Yeah, experiment. it's good. And I like stuff like that. As long as it's not uh, gratuitous. Sometimes it could just be gratuitous and like not done for any reason. But the, yeah. in here, it adds the, the, the drama is warranted for sure about what she's you know like she said the strings had to be had to be pivotal in this band you know it was an important part yeah that's cool i i really respect that someone has a a, in their head they have an idea what they exactly they want to do and they're gonna gather you know the right people together to do it yeah she definitely did yep she did for sure all right, now we get something. This is kind of weird, right? A cover of of a can song of a twenty Uh minute a twenty minute. Oh my god! Can you imagine? You know, it was originally six hours. I read. I just read that today because well, I was the can doing version, that. not the not the five and a half version by uh, Geraldine Febbers. But right, yeah, right. can originally originally six hours, which they managed to get down to a reasonable <laughs> twenty minutes. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, Geraldine Febbers uh, thankfully condensed it to a pretty frantic. I mean, they they did combine a lot of the franticness of it in that five minutes. Uh, oh yeah, oh yeah. End, but let's listen to a little of "You Do Right." Yeah, you know, one thing I didn't mention. Also, I sometimes, especially in something like this, I hear Patty Smith a little. Like I hear, you oh know, yeah, a little Patty Smith, which is you know. Great. Well, like when like when this album came out, I mean, there were all kinds of comparisons. Patty Smith was one. Courtney okay. Love, you know, um, you know, PJ Harvey, yeah, you know, all those. Yeah. Okay. Exine Cervenka, you know, there was all those different you know influences in there. Right, right. But yeah, but this one, 
It's got this one, like, as opposed to like the original version. I mean, it's got that raunch to it. I mean, like, like towards the end of the song when like she's saying, um, "You do, you do it right." I'm wrong and you are right. And Klein's got these like fucking, you know, great, insane feedbacks on top of that. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. It's like, it's so great. It's, you know, it's, yeah. it's, it's sexy as fuck, you know. I mean, like, there were rumors that the two of them were together. I don't really know if that's true or not, but like it really feels like the two of them in this song are actually getting it on. <laughs> Well, they're just, musically, they're musically getting it on, Todd. It's nothing. They are musically getting it on, but they could have been together as a couple. I mean, they had that other out, had that other um, band, Scarnella, which is a combination of their two names, Carla and Nels. Oh, nice. Um, yeah, I was wondering. Like, I'm I'm a fan of Can, but I'm not. I don't know, you know, a huge thing about them. And I'm thinking, well, that doesn't seem like a Can song. But I guess to come to when I read about it, I guess it was a love letter that someone did, and he's basically he oh, was was basically it? just reading the love letter, the words to it. <laughs> have you heard uh have you heard Thin White Ropes cover of it from nineteen ninety? No. It's pretty much Yeah, it's like I really think that Geraldine Fribb has heard that cover of it because I mean it's super similar. It's oh, okay, it has a very okay. similar sound to it. So I think this is more an interpretation of Thin White Rope than it is of Can. Oh, okay. That's fair. That's fair, because that, that that happens sometimes. Sometimes you'll hear something and you'll hear a great cover of a song and you'll sort of yeah, yeah. adopt that. Yeah, that's fair. Completely. Um, all right. So a nice the, now we got a nice little hopeful sounding dreamlike song, which to me felt like it feels like it totally could have been dreamy. the last song of the album. It could have been um, yeah. before the final instrumental. But uh, yeah, it's really interesting. Let's listen to the dwarf song. So it's nice because even though it does sound kind of, uh, you know, like dreamlike and mournful, but it is uplifting in a way because I, I like the fact oh, yeah. that she's saying she's found a reason to live today. You know, I, you know she's I like she's that. been through this. She, she tells all these different stories throughout the album, murder, death, you know, AIDS, abuse. You know, right. by the time she gets to Dwarf Song, you know, she's like she found that reason to live. You know, she's going to keep on going. You know, yeah. this is her. Yeah, this is her fairy tale. This is her adventure, like a dwarf, you know, a Dwarf Song, like in Middle Earth. The dwarves would tell these songs of, you know, like they're what they've conquered and where they've been, you know, and, you know, she's told her story and now she said, I'm going to keep on going. Yep. 
and you got uh, some more great Nels Klein slide uh, throughout. And yeah, you just can't say enough about that guy. I mean, whatever. You probably put him on a Nickelback album or something and he'll probably make it sound good. Uh, <laughs> maybe, you might be stretching it a bit there, Rob. Yeah, who knows? Maybe, though. Um, all right, all right. <laughs> yeah, so I'll let I'll probably use the last song. How do you how you pronounce that last song? How do you think you pronounce that? Heliotrope? Heliotrope. Do you know what, what that is? Is is that a thing? Yes. Um in Greek mythology, Helios was the god of the sun. And a heliotrope is a flower that follows the sun. You know, so ah. I was kind of thinking, you know, this whole this whole time, you know, it kind of brings us back full circle to the first song in the album on California Tuffy, where she talks about a ball of light comes down to bite me on the ass the legs, the breasts, right. you know, Carla is this flower and she's drawn to the sun despite all the damage that it's done. You know, ah, this kind of like brings that. it all back full circle and it just kind of starts the album all over again. Yeah. You made, you made this into a, a concept album, Don. You, know, <laughs> you, you got Calliope on this song. You got some glockenspiel. Right, you got right, some, right. You got submarine sounds looped to the That's great. I mean, and uh, by the way, I asked you if you knew what it was just because I knew Todd's going to know. You knew what I knew what it was. I knew it. I knew it. I said, like, so he, he can go on for hours. He'll just talk about everything. <laughs> no, but I just knew. I know. I appreciate that. You did, uh, does his homework. He Todd does his to, homework. Yeah, he likes to dig into. Todd was stuff. an honor student. He can't just leave it alone. He just has to go into it. <laughs> were you really? Uh, were you good in school? Yeah, I was. You were really. I was gifted, honors, all I that kind of picture, jazz. I mean, I guess I'm. I feel bad saying I can't picture that, but I can't picture that. But what? Yeah. <laughs> no, but you know. I, I know After you're two an years of college. I decided school wasn't for me anymore. Yeah. Know? Well, no. I I know you're a smart guy, intelligent guy, but I just couldn't picture you like in school like putting up with any of that bullshit but you know I guess that's what pot is for I guess <laughs> <laughs> hear that kids that's good uh, good lesson from Uncle Todd <laughs> that's what pot is for uh, yeah Todd so this was uh, really great like I said I don't know I'm, I'm really curious how many people are gonna oh yeah the Geraldine Fibbers are great but I'm hoping there's gonna be people like me that are like oh my god how do I not how did I not know about this record because it's just so good I mean I mean, Spin put it as one of their best albums of the year back in 97. I mean, right, it was right. just, but I think it was like number 17 or something like that. I know, Spin, yeah. Is that I a know, thing still? I know, but it's still, you, you know how it is. You're, you're still always going to miss stuff and just, you know, you hear about some stuff and just uh, miss it. They did reunite it at one point, though. They uh, In 2017, they re-released their first album, and then they recorded an extra song on that album to be released. So her, Nels, you know, they got a violin player, a different violin player. And they did this song called Thank You for Giving Me Life, which kind of was added onto the album. You know, oh, and I think that okay. was kind of I think it was kind of like a thank you to the fans that did support them when they were a band. You know, right. it's kinda of like, you know, thank us, thank you, because you're the reason that this band existed. Yeah. Or any band exists for that matter. It's the fans, you know, it's it's people like us talking about these albums that keep them alive. Yes, exactly. And I'm glad you mentioned that, too, because actually I noticed they do have a band. It's like if you go to Geraldine Fibbers, it's actually her, uh, Carla's band camp. But that's on there. I think that newer release is on there. And there's some other stuff you yep. can get on there. So definitely I would recommend going to band camp if you like, because anything anything by her is obviously going to be great because she is a treasure. Right, Todd? She completely is a treasure, man. She is. And Todd, I love you're, her. you're a treasure, too. You're a treasure to the show. Aw, you say. too, Rob. <laughs> Well, all right, let's not get let's not get crazy. Uh, it was great having you on. Uh, don't forget, everyone, uh, if you want to follow this wonderful show that uh, everyone loves, it's just a love fest. Go to uh, Instagram and Facebook. It's at that record got me high. Also, that Facebook group got me high on Twitter. It's at TRGMH Podcast. You can email me at TRGMH33 at gmail.com. And if you want to become a patron of the show and contribute to our really fun patron episodes, which Todd always does and Todd always brings the goods, you can go to patreon.com forward slash trgmh become a patron of the show 
I would really appreciate it. Todd, it was always great. Yes. Hopefully, next time we do it together in person, we got to somehow oh, do, totally. it, do it in person. All right, we'll, we'll, we'll have that bottle of whiskey between the two of us. There you go. We'll figure it And then we'll just be a drunken mess and it'll be a horrible show. But that's okay. That's, we can have a drunken mess album. It's fine. Yep. All right. So <laughs> thanks again, everyone. It was great. As always. Thanks, Rob. Yep. We'll talk to you later. I'm Rob Elba. We're out of here.